The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by Bigfoot riding a unicorn. Instead, it's brought to you by Simply Safe. As much as we love investigating various crimes, the last thing anyone wants to encounter is crime firsthand. Now, there's a smarter way to protect your home with Simply Safe. Simply Safe doesn't have annual contracts, so there's no commitment and no lock-ins, period. And best of all, with Simply Safe, you get 24/7 protection with professional monitoring and police dispatch, which is just 15 bucks a month. It's unbeatable protection at a great value and no strings attached. So protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafe.com slash criminal to get 10% off your system today. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash criminal. Thinking sideways. I don't get it. I brought the aliens. You must I don't know. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, joined as usual by Joe and Steve, the boys. Yay! Uh, the man. Watch uh, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The dudes, maybe. I act All like right. a, a little boy. It's okay. You do. It's uh, true. 12. This week, we're going to talk about the Indiana Dunes disappearance, and it was suggested by Francesca. Hey, thanks, Francesca. But it's one that I personally have known about for a really long time. She just happened to suggest it, too. There you go. And then other people have suggested it since then. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, you might feel left out, but uh, we read your emails, I swear. Yeah. So this disappearance includes three women. You'll often see girls, but 
They weren't girls. They were young women. And they were named Anne Miller, Patricia Blau, and Renee Broll in July of 1966. Wow, um, it's like 50 years ago, man. Yeah. And oddly, all three of their Charlie Project pages are different. Slightly, Slightly different. Slightly different. They're actually all cut and pasted and then modified. Yeah, they are. But it's still kind of weird because it they disappeared together, so it seems like the information... It should be first should, paragraph is unique to end, last paragraph, maybe. then the body should be the same. But it's not. I, yeah. I agree. They, no, they it's should kind of... It's just weird in there. Yeah. yeah, they should all actually have have just one page, I think. Uh, well, that they're three kind of, different that's not the way Charlie works, missing yeah, women, so... Um, so we're going to go ahead and go through the agreed upon story and we'll try to make mention of any additional details as we can to keep the story flowing. Mm, I don't want to give anything away, but what happened to these three? To be determined. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Anne, Renee, and Patricia, who I've seen referred to as Patty on a couple blogs, but I think she was Patricia. I don't think she was Patty. I, uh, Patty is a nickname for Patricia. I, I mean, yeah. I know, but I think she was went by Patricia, not Patty. But who I knows? couldn't I, say. I saw a webpage that said she went by Pat and Patty. Yeah. Uh, and so... Anyway, we're going to call her Patricia. Right. Uh, the three of these young women were horse enthusiasts. Anne and Patricia met when they were boarding their um, horses at the same stable, and then Patricia and Renee had been friends since high school. Patricia was 19 in 1966, and so was Renee. They had gone to high school together, so, you know, that makes sense. And then Anne was 21, so a couple of years older. They often met at a tavern in Hodgkins, Illinois. Which, Is that like a suburb of Chicago? Or it's what? one of many suburbs. So they all lived in suburbs of Chicago, yes. or actually, I think uh, Renee lived in West Chicago, but... They all lived in suburbs, and so Hodgkins would have actually been a pretty central meeting point for them. And it was close to the stables. It was close to, to the stables as well, yeah. Renee was married. Patricia and Anne both had boyfriends that they may or may not have met at the tavern, and also the men may or may not have been married. I promise. So when you say boyfriends that they met, they, they met these guys for the first time at the tavern, not they had boyfriends who would also meet the, all yeah. of the girls. Yeah, yeah, that they first met at the tavern. Okay, I, I, the way it came out, I was like, wait a minute. What? No, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So they maybe met these maybe married men who were their boyfriends, respectively, um, but it's, it's unclear if these guys were married or not. Always a great choice. Always. You always want a married dude. Yeah, well, yeah. especially when you're 19 and 21. That's mm -hmm. really when you want the married dudes good choices mm. yeah the women all stabled and rode their horses at a stable called the tricolor stable in palatine illinois uh, which was owned by george jane brother to silas jane and we will talk about that later the brothers jane i know you guys love it when i say that we will talk about that later if you happen to have just had your ears peaked a little bit <laughs> yeah it's possible that you don't so There's that's okay don't worry about, about it. silas out there yeah there is Patricia, aside from riding, just having a riding horse that she had, she also owned a thoroughbred named Hank, which I think is a pretty cool name for a horse, who uh -huh. was a winning racehorse. He had recently won two separate races that won about $900 a piece, which is like almost $7,000 now. So not nothing. And I mean, those not races like, were up in Canada. Yeah. Both of those races were up in Canada. So Canadian dollars, so much, much lower. <laughs> yeah. I think it was American dollars. <laughs> but yeah, so that this will, again, probably be relevant later, but we'll talk about that later because I know you guys like to hear that. On July 2nd, 1966, in the wee hours of the morning, Anne and Patricia returned to their respective homes. 
Like right after bar closing time? Like 2 or 3 a.m. It's never really specified, but it is said that they returned home very late. Yeah, I always heard, I've heard it said just before dawn. It's I, don't, I have no idea if that was yeah. true or not. Then around 8 a.m., Anne sets out to pick Patricia back up from Patricia's house. Anne owns a car. I think it was a Buick. 1955. 1955 Buick. And Anne lived in Lombard, Illinois, and Patricia lived in Westchester, both suburbs of Chicago, as we previously mentioned. The two drove together to pick up Renee, who lived in West Chicago. Renee had told her mother earlier that morning that she had planned to be home to cook dinner for her husband sometime in the evening. Okay. Yeah. So Then what happens? Come on, come on, come on. Tell me more. <laughs> the three of them stop at a store to pick up sunscreen some sunscreen and then plan to spend the day at the dunes the indiana dunes the indiana dunes which is on lake michigan mm -hmm. in case you don't know i've seen pictures of it, it looks kind of nice yeah it's it cool. was at that time the indiana dunes state park it is now the indiana dunes national park or national reserve i can't national remember national monument or i think it's something, yeah. something like yeah. that it's a national park now it's national something yeah um but it was a state park at the time that means you can't like do math or have guns <laughs> it's a safe space yeah it's a safe space yeah they arrived at about 10 a.m., which seems like a quick drive to me, but, you know, it was 1966, so maybe traffic wasn't as bad as it is now in Chicago. It's reported that there were some 9,000 visitors to that beach on the 2nd. You know, it was a holiday. It was the Saturday before... Uh, it's 4th of July 4th weekend. 4th of July, yeah. So it was busy, obviously. They happened to set up next to a couple on the beach that noticed them, so they had, you know, a big beach blanket and everything like that. They... I mean, one question about the, about the Indiana, I, I should have looked this up, actually, when I was researching, but I never actually looked at the park itself to see how long. It's is it, is miles. It's like miles and miles and miles yeah. long. It's, yeah, it's miles and miles and miles long. So there's, like, multiple parking lots and all yeah. kinds mm -hmm, of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, okay. It sounds to me like it's a big place. It, it is. is. And, yeah. by the way, like Michigan is a big lake. It is. I don't it's know huge. if people know this. Yeah. yeah. Very big. <laughs> it's yeah. really big, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 9,000 people over the course of a day on a Saturday on a holiday weekend. It's not as though you're, you know, packed shoulder to shoulder, but it's also not as though there's no one there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in miles and miles of beaches, 9,000 people is not that much really when you think about it. Yeah. Probably wasn't that crowded. Well, and, um, you know, just because they were visiting the beach, the Lake Michigan's a big boating area. So that also includes the people who were just c coming to park their cars to, you know, be on their boats and stuff like that. But it was enough that there were people around. You know, it wasn't abandoned. And there was this couple that sat next to uh, where the ladies set up. I think it's they, they were they were near another couple, if I remember correctly, because they were trying they were either near a tree or trying to use the shade of the tree. The tree yeah. So that's why they set up shop where they did about 100 yards away from the water, from the, I think yeah. it is. Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, with me, it's I, I always stake out a nice little spot in the beach, and then immediately a big family of 17 comes and, like, plumps themselves down right next to me. Yeah. For no reason whatsoever. Yeah. This is why I don't go yeah. to the beach with you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a magnet for that kind of thing. Luckily, I don't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> they This couple noticed these three young women, and they reported that the women were just hanging out, and then at about noon, they all three entered the water together. They were swimming around, and then maybe a boat came up to them, and they all three got on the boat and mm. went away. Because, by the way, chicks love boats. Some chicks do love boats. That's yeah, true. Yeah, they do. Yeah. There were a lot of boats, but this particular boat, this couple said, was about 14 to 16 feet long. It was white. It had a blue interior and an outboard motor. 
there was a man driving the boat who was described as a, I love this, quote, tan with a head full of coal-colored curls, meaning, unquote. Meaning a foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wearing a beach jacket. I know. He's always wearing a beach jacket. I, I don't know what a beach jacket exactly is, to be honest with you, but I've seen it's on like a It's like a windbreaker. Dozen, oh, okay. I've I just seen it on a dozen different web pages about this. And, thing. It's and always was, a beach jacket. I, I had the same thing, except I actually came across one site that said that he was wearing a life jacket. Ah, which would be smart Makes if sense he's if in you're a driving boat. a boat, huh? Yes. Yeah. Now this boat, this was the trimaran, correct? This particular boat, the, the well, it white tri, boat. It was a tri-hull, but not a trimaran. They is like didn't a sail, know. Is a sailboat with three separate hulls. Okay. And a tri-hull is uh, just a single-hull boat, but it's got like those, it's got like those two big grooves in the hull. So, so this that, one, they don't know. This is like we need to pause on that because we'll talk more about okay. what you're talking about okay, in a second. It, it confused me because that's jumping ahead. This is literally the report that this couple gave Got of it. this boat, which is where we're at right now. Okay. And they actually used the words "coal colored curls." They did apparently. Oh. Yeah. Nothing about a foreign accent. They no, there was they didn't. They just saw the guy. They were like a hundred yards away, but you yeah. can still hear that foreign accent. Oh, stop it, Joe. No. <laughs> okay. No, he was just a tan I've been guy with black colored the Lindbergh hairs. Kidnapping. Okay. Come yeah, on. Okay. <laughs> The couple spent the rest of the day at the beach sitting next to these three young women's clothes. And when it was getting to be dusk, they started packing up and noticed that the women hadn't come back yet. And so they were able to find a park ranger and point out, you know, hey, there's some stuff here. And there were three young women here and they left at noon and they haven't been back yet. And then gave also the report of they got on this boat with this guy and we haven't seen them since. So, and the, the park ranger said, okay, well, I don't know, maybe they forgot about it or maybe they, you know, went off to a party boat or something. So he collected their stuff and then kept it in the office and for by the way, uh, a couple days. I had never seen their names. I, I presume the, the name of this couple is just lost. I think it's just been... I, I, mean, I actually no... have seen it. Oh, their actual I, names? I found it, and then like an hour later, I was like, oh my God, I need to write that down. Uh-huh. And I totally and then, didn't do it. And then find that webpage again. Good luck. Yeah, yeah that's the right. problem. Yeah. But it's it's they're not any any famously known names of any... Well, and there's no, I mean, and there's, there's no reason for them to be thrown into a spotlight or have Mm -hmm. their name tossed around because this is one of those cases that people have been really intrigued by and feel it was a little mismanaged. And so in those kinds of cases, I totally respect not giving out the first witness information because people are constantly going to be badgering them. Yeah. Or their family or whatever saying, I'm sure you guys know more. And that's just horrible. And they were just trying to be good Samaritans, so, mm-hmm. you know, why give that information yeah. out? Okay, well, we'll call them... We don't need to call them anything, because no. that, that's, that's their last that's appearance it. in our case. Yeah. We never know. We might, t- we might talk about them again, so we'll call <laughs> them the Joneses. Not in this one. Okay, the stuff that the women had left behind um, did include purses and towels and stuff like that. And, as I said, the rangers stored them in their office for until the 4th. When Patricia's father called the ranger station to ask about his daughter, and it turns out missing persons reports had been filed for all three young women over the weekend when they didn't come back on the night of the second. And, you know, this is one of those situations where it's tough because they're all adults, Mm -hmm. technically. Yeah, they can do what they want. And so they might just run off. I don't know how, yeah, how seriously it was taken. I mean, the, the father of Patricia is the person who had to call 
the ranger station at their last known location. The cops didn't even even though the missing person report had been filed on all three. Yeah, the cops didn't reach out and say, "Uh, hey, did you guys like find a body or something?" I mean, like even something as cursory as that, yeah. they didn't do. So it was a different age. It was a different age. Yeah, when the rangers get the call, they say, oh, um, yeah, what were the names of the other persons? And this is, you know, when you would go to state parks, you still have to do this. You fill out, to, you have to pay for parking. Mm-hmm. So you fill out a little slip of paper. With your license number with on it. With your license number and the spot that you parked in at this at this particular one, the spot you parked in, and then you, you know, hang your little thing in the window and you drop your money with the other thing in the box. So and the big cast iron box they, with a slot in it. Yeah, yeah, so they were able to actually find the record of Anne's car which happened to still be parked in the same spot. And as luck would have it or not, uh, her keys happened to be with the belongings that they'd been holding. That kind of so, makes sense, huh? It totally makes sense. Yeah. And there were additional things that they found in the car, just personal effects, you know, additional clothes and stuff like that. The articles that they left on the beach, in case anybody's wondering, Anne had left her denim shorts, a polo shirt, her shoes and her bathing cap, you know, just a swim cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, a comb and her thermos. Patricia had left a yellow robe, sunglasses, a transistor radio, a white towel, and her wallet that had $5 in it. And then Renee $5? had left... That's like $1,000 today, right? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not quite, but it's not... I mean, it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Renee had left her beach towel, her shorts, a blouse, cigarettes, sunscreen, 25 cents, and her purse that had like $55 worth of checks in it. Now, that's actually a that size... A it's four hundred, about 400 bucks yeah, worth of checks. That's, yeah, that's not something yeah. you just randomly leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I And then, yeah, as I said, more more stuff was found in the car. Mm-hmm. Nothing of any... A couple nope. of thirty-eights. No, you know, no, a no, grenade, no, but, no, you know, no. Just that. you know, like coats and you know, probably um, regular stuff that you find in somebody's car. Probably Patricia's cat. actual clothes because she had just left her robe. You know, things like that. So nothing out of the out nothing of the ordinary. out of the ordinary. Yeah. yeah, that was all the searching they did on the fourth because you know holiday and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whatever, missing persons. Whatever, we'll put that off. We gotta we gotta light some fireworks off. Yeah, drink some so beer. So finally, on the fifth. They launched their full-scale investigation, and I'm going to full-scale air quotes, because there was a full-scale investigation for about a couple days, Yeah. and then it was just two dudes who never, two investigators who never even met each other yeah. were in charge of the rest of this. In different districts, yeah. I believe it was? In different states. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably Illinois and Indiana. Illinois and Indiana, yeah. And it was, you know, one state patrolman who was in charge of finding backgrounds, and then another investigator... And, and they never even, like met up for coffee or anything. They didn't. They never met in person. So weird. Ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I actually uh, don't even know if they even spoke to each other. Really? I'm not sure. You would think so. But I, you would it, you think know, so, but I think that uh, you would think they would meet too. So. Yeah, they're not well, that far apart. The full scale thing was just basically scuba divers and dragging the lake and all that stuff. Yeah, the full scale. The full scale was the U.S. Coast Guard came in and they, you know, had some scuba divers come down and they had did helicopters and the helicopters and kind of searching for bodies and things like that. And initially, they just searched within a, a tiny little radius of where the women's stuff was found. And then they expanded it a couple days later. They expanded it six miles along the coast uh, or along the lake shore. Yeah, kind of to the southwest, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, 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 when I saw that, I assumed the currents must move from east to west there. And that has to be the reasoning, I guess. I presume that that's accurate. During this time, a lot of other witnesses, reliable or not, came forward. You know, they said, hey, 
some young women went missing. If you guys happened to be on the beach, if anybody has information, let us know. And a lot of the stories started to conflict what the original couple had said. But the investigators kind of all agreed that they found that first report to be the most reliable. And then to me, that's not so weird. I think they were able to say these people went and did this. It's weird. They left their stuff. And they, but they, it's pretty clear that they saw what happened mm-hmm. yeah. versus, you know, 9,000 people on a beach, three young women, could be any three young women. Uh, exactly. You I'm could sure totally a have lot of that. Yeah. mistaken a group, you know, for that group and given a different story. Oh, yeah. So yeah. They, the police did pretty much say this is this is at least the, the start of what had happened here. Yeah, I don't think they ever got any actual, really actual certifiable other witnesses to those women actually being on that beach. I mean, people that you would 100% trust because, again, you put the word out to the public and, of course, a lot of people are going to think, oh, sure, I saw them. There are a couple other things that did happen and we're going to talk about that right now. Yeah. Mm. More witnesses kind of started to come forward and one guy actually turned, it turned out, had been filming, doing like home videos, you know, just filming his family and his trip. And he had footage of two separate boats that the police identified as boats of interest, basically. I haven't found this footage anywhere online, but though to be fair, I didn't look very hard. I tried, but I've so never seen it. So if somebody happens to find it, great, send it to us, but I... Mm, or, I kind of feel like uh, if the guy was filming his family his on the beach, videos, yeah. then they would have been in the background That's how and, I feel too. and probably unrecognizable. And it's 1966. Uh-huh. Well, maybe recognizable. So what the footage caught basically was these two different boats that they thought were a little suspect. One was a fiberglass 16 to 18 foot trimaran. Trihull. Tri- what? I've heard it called trimaran, but it's, I think it's really what they mean, what they mean is trihull. Well, it says a trimaran runabout with a three-hole design. Yeah. So I don't know what that means necessarily. Uh, well, okay, Joe, like, so, so explain what you it's, think it's it is. It's not that yeah. important, but what I think it's it probably is. It's a little important. Is, yeah, what I think it probably is. It's like, you know, your average little little motor runabout is like you get a V-hole, which is basically comes down to a single keel. Uh-huh. And on the trihole, there's a central keel, and then there's two outer keels also, and then there's two what they call tunnels in between them. Oh, like I know exactly what you're talking so you about. The bottom of the boat has two two arcs two in the arcs base of the it. bottom. Yeah. On the and on so, the bottom of it. And it's yes. a flatter yeah. yeah, it's a little it's a more flatter, more square mm-hmm. design. I mean, that the, makes so much yeah, more that's, sense. That makes way more sense than the other trihole. Yeah. I have never seen a motorized trimaran. I mean yeah. you know, sailboats, yeah. But, yeah, well that's yeah. I was like that that's such a distinctive boat to be a, a true three individual holes. Yeah. Just uh, like a, like, kind of like a catamaran. I was like, that's so strange. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, now that makes sense. way more sense because I did when I googled it. I was like, wow, that's. I think people would have remembered that, but okay. Sure, why not? That's a little different. Yeah. yeah. So that boat, uh, the film, the this person who was filming was able to see, and the police, it, from the descriptions, it sounds like the image was clear enough, at least, that they were able to see that there was one guy and three women on there, and the guy seemed to match. At least, you know, kind of. He was wearing his whatever a boat jacket his we've boat decided jacket, that is. Life jacket, and something. he had 
black curly hair and the women, you know, enough. Their, uh, probably their bathing suits are probably how they match them because I think it was two and wearing hair bikinis. Color, yeah. Well, it's black and white. Right, but you can tell if it's well, darker you can get, or lighter. You can get a good, uh, yeah, darker yeah. or lighter. But two, I think two of them were in bikinis and one was in a uh, one piece, mm-hmm. if I remember right. So I that think would that's help. True. That would help identify if they were all in bikinis, you'd know you had the wrong boat. Right. But still, even with that, with the film, I don't think they really got a 100% Well, they ID. didn't. So yeah. there's this other boat that was a 26 to 28 foot Trojan cabin cruiser. That's a big boat. I don't know what that mm. is either. It's a big boat. Trojan? Yeah. Uh, that's not a huge boat, really. But well, it's, yeah, just a, definitely... it's a 25, 30 foot yeah, big it's... boat. It's got a big cabin on it. Could yeah. one call it a houseboat? No. Not really. I mean, you could live on a 25 footer, but it'd be kind of cramped. But, you know, when you're talking bigger boats, you're talking like 35 to 40 feet. Then you're getting into big boat territory. But you can't, I mean, so this is is important to me. A layman could look at that boat and say it's a houseboat. Does it look like there's a little cabin on the top? Nah. Houseboats are trailers with pontoons under them, basically. Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. But uh, a cabin cruiser is a boat, and and it's got... Just a big enclosed cabin area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's much more distinctive. It's not you know you know like think of a basic rowboat design, mm-hmm. and you slap a big cabin on the top of it that takes maybe the first third or first half, mm-hmm. and that's it. You see the ones um, like the ones you always see guys doing the big fishing expeditions on TV, and the, that's kind of cabin cruiser style. Yeah, it's a bigger boat essentially. Yeah. Okay. okay. That one was seen with three men on it and three women who might have might have been matched vaguely the description of um, our three missing ladies. It's just so hard to imagine a boat with with three women on it. I can see why these really stood out. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the problem here is, of course, that n- neither of these boats had names printed on them, painted on them anywhere. Or if they did, they weren't discernible they weren't discernible so there was no way to identify these boats Mm. so they were kind of dead leads but investigators also had some reports that they deemed to be reliable that renee and patricia and Anne had been seeing uh walking along the beach and eating a little bit after 3 p.m on the second that some miles away from where their belongings were it sounds like that the women had swum out to meet this boat gotten on this smaller boat been taken some miles away got off got something to eat while waiting for the larger boat to come pick them up and then gotten on the larger boat and then never gotten off the larger boat perhaps or hmm. maybe more of the story is is if you're if you're three women in bathing suits on a beach probably a lot of guys with boats are going to approach you and say mm-hmm. hey you want to ride my boat and maybe don't and yeah. and maybe actually that that leads into something I don't remember where I read it, but I seem to remember that somebody else had come forward saying that they had seen the women swimming in the water and the guy had come up and done just that. Hey, you want to come on board? And one of them had said, no, we can't. I'm married. Mm-hmm. As in, hey, I'm off limits. Get away, dude. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an interesting thing that this story comes out where this guy was turned down mm. and then the main story comes along and says they just happily climbed on board some random boat. Yeah. Might've, they might have been somebody they knew, though. I mean, or a friend of a friend. Or <laughs> yes, it could have been somebody that they knew. Yeah. Yes, it could have been. Well, Aww. I mean, that's interesting to me because I saw that one place and it was kind of like, okay, one place. But also, I guess it's never explained how somebody heard that conversation. What conversation? Well, it would have been that? the guy driving the boat who said they turned him down. Oh. 
Because oh. I seem to remember it being the guy who was driving the boat. They told him, no, I'm married. And somebody I do remember. That, no, the driver no, then reported the, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then he like, I remember seeing that somewhere, but I've never... I don't know how much how much value there uh, is yeah, to it. It's just it's, it's interesting to me, you know, because it's it's yeah. very counter to the narrative. Yeah, it is. Hm. Okay. Mm. Well, with that, we'll just leave that as it is. That wrench in the. Okay. <laughs> I love throwing wrenches. You do. Patricia and Anne are reported to have been very strong swimmers who could swim about twenty to thirty miles. Good for them. I Renee couldn't, I was couldn't reported, walk that distance. Yeah. Holy crap! Renee was reported to have been a quote fair swimmer, but. You know, by the people who are like, ah, it's strong swimmer, 30 miles. I don't know what fair means. I mean, I report myself to be a fair swimmer because I could save my life, but I wouldn't qualify myself as a particularly great can you, swimmer. Can you swim a mile? Yeah. Really? Yeah. If I had to, I mean, it wouldn't be a fun mile, but... Yeah, I kind of, kind of for me, it would depend on current and stuff like that, <laughs> but it would be a lot of treading water and a lot of breaks and just floating on my well, back. Well, you just learn... you. I mean, this is part of, I'm sorry, everyone. This is part of the cruise ship training, but you, there's a certain way that you can swim that, yeah. you know, you could just swim for forever. Obviously it's not like battling strong currents or anything like that, but it'll get you to a place kind of. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. The, yeah. the fact that if I ever go over in, mm -hmm. in a situation like that, I am screwed. Yeah. I can uh, swim, but I am absolutely not buoyant. Yeah. I sink like a rock. I don't have yeah, that problem. Yeah, I'm not that buoyant either. Yeah, but... Uh, I'm pretty buoyant. Yeah. Filled with more hot air or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, I guess it sounds like all three of them were pretty strong they swimmers. They could swim. They could swim. So, they pretty much all of the investigators, both official and armchair, agree that three accidental drownings, highly unlikely, especially with the their body is not ever having washed on shore. I know we're not, no, this is, we're not talking the ocean where they could have been devoured by sharks. Right. I mean, it's right. Lake Michigan. I mean, are, are, did, I haven't looked at the theory section yet, but is accidental drowning even in there? No. And it, it well, I don't think it should be because you've just made a great point. Three bodies. One of them should have washed ashore. Yeah, you would think so. And, I mean, and no for all three of them to have drowned accidentally at the same time mm -hmm. seems pretty crazy. But uh, unless they bit. didn't, you know, unless they were helped to drown. Yeah, unless they were helped. helped to not wash ashore. Yeah, and that isn't it's... accidental anymore. No. All right, so there are some more things that we're going to talk about, but I'm going to weave those into theories. So before we get to theories, let's take a quick break. A horse walks into a bar. The door hangs open behind her. She lazily looks around at the other patrons. She sighs and stares down at the hairy pig tending the bar. He snorts and trots away to whisper to the cranky old hens sitting in the other end of the bar. They know why she's there and they're ready. Revolution has come to the farm and your kitchen. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference and it's so important to know where your food comes from. And for less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients, courtesy of over 150 local farms, ranches, and fisheries across the U.S., right to your door. And because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, there's no food waste. And one of the meals available in February is cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash thinking. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. 
That's blueapron.com slash thinking. Blue Apron, a better way to cook and keep animals out of bars. And we're back. Hope you like that word from our sponsors. We're going to talk about theories now. Yay! First theory is going to sound like one of those things we throw in here as a joke, but it actually, I think, personally is the most viable of all of our theories. It's a possible one. This theory is called the horse syndicate people theory. Nay. (laughs) No, Winnie. Remember how we talked about the tricolor stables and George Jane and Silas Jane a mm-hmm. little bit? I mentioned yeah. it, and then I said, remember that? And then some people were like, no, talk about Silas Jane now, because they know who Silas Jane, Jane is. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off by saying, if you go out and Google tricolor stables, you have to Google tricolor stables bombing or something like that, because... Yeah. There is a tricolor stables that exists in Florida, and it is mm. not the same. I think it has no relation to this one. Don't don't even go there. Well, no, go there. We don't want to drive away their business. Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, don't feel free to go there. Don't associate them with what horses. we're about to talk yeah. about. <laughs> okay, is what I mean. Yeah, okay, yeah. we don't want any lawsuits. Here. The name Silas Jane may have rung a bell for some of you because he's kind of famous in the Chicago area, slash connected and implicated in a number of unsolved murders in the Chicago area. Let's start from the top oh. a little bit, shall we? Mm-hmm. Silas was the eldest of 11 children, and his half-brother, George, was the product of an extramarital affair on his mother's part. Silas was born in 1907, and George was born in 1923, so they were 16 years apart. I guess they weren't too close as children. I don't think so. No. I kind of don't no. think so, no, especially with the prison time and everything. But you're going to get into that. In 1924, when George was just one years old, <laughs> One year old, Silas was convicted of rape and sent to spend a year in the state reformatory. Just a year for rape. You're mm. welcome, everyone. It does seem kind of light, although he would have been, what, 17? He was 17 at yeah. the time. Well, okay. It's still, we won't even yeah, go there. It still again, seems a little light. A, We're not going there. It's a completely there. different world In at the that time. 50s, Silas and two of his other brothers worked at a stable, then eventually became known for their horse trading and training skills, and eventually opened up their own stable called the Idle Hour. And then later, I'm not quite sure when, but George opened his own stable, Tricolor. Yeah, that was years later. Years later. Mm. Silas made money selling... Crappy horses? Subpar horses to rich fathers who had daughters who wanted to go into horse riding competitions. And there there was a certain caliber of horse that you needed for something like that. And Silas didn't really care... And just lied and convinced these fathers that these horses were of that caliber. He would upsell these people in a yeah. big way. Well, well he, I mean, I mean these horses were horses. He would go out and catch these horses from the wild and turn around and sell them and be like, oh, it just needs to be broken in. Well, it's just kind of like what your, what your average used car salesman does today, really. I would say a little worse than oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, he yeah. would take horses that were bad performers or potentially ready in in those times to go to the glue factory and Mm -hmm. he would resell them as champion horses. Sure. Like a used car salesman would. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Idle Hour, which was Silas's stable, you remember, Mm -hmm. was in Chicago and was frequented by a lot of Chicago gangsters at the time. Uh, Silas, uh, he's the kind of guy who, um, so since he had this rape conviction when he was 17, he was ineligible for the draft. So when the war came along, he couldn't get drafted. So he decided to just sell horse meat instead. Mm -hmm. 
That's how he made. That's how he survived. How he made money, yeah. And then he made a lot of friends with a lot of questionable characters, gangsters in Chicago at the time, and they often frequented Idle Hour. And though he was a savvy businessman, he was a huge bully and a heavy drinker. And I don't think he had a stake in George's tricolor stables no. at all. No. But they were rivals. Yes. Silas did what he does best and planted a car bomb on George's car. Well, to be fair, he didn't do it himself. Well, he had someone do it. Yeah, and we don't know that actually that he was behind that. I'm sorry, you're right. It's strongly suspected that he was. Strongly suspected. Again, yeah, they're brothers, but well, they're half-brothers, but apparently no love lost. No. They were actually business competitors. Yeah. Um, Well, and unfortunately, that car bomb went off when a woman named Sherilyn Rude went to move George's car for him. You got it. I kind of, sus- I've always suspected that perhaps George had an inkling that maybe the car was not safe to drive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because it's he a- just said, hey, you mind moving my car for me? Well, he, and- it turns out uh, after that, he rigged this system <laughs> with a really long pole with his key attached to it so that he could start the car from a safe distance. Uh-huh. He had a, lo- he had his key had a long stick. Yeah. Smart move. Yeah. So- <laughs> and he was sticking through the passenger's window. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Turn it and let the car start, and then turn it off, and you know, hide, put his stick away, and go start the car again. <laughs> this obviously. is my car starting stick. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, at that point, then you want to put the bomb in the passenger side door, <laughs> facing outward. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Well, George eventually was actually murdered. It even. took like three attempts at least yeah. before they got him. But he, he was, was actually Rasputin. murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Police, of course, assumed that Silas was to blame for the bomb and for the murder, but they couldn't prove it. So there's that. Patricia, you will remember, had her prize-winning horse stabled at the Tricolor, which George owned. The bombing was in 65, so just a year before the women went disappearing. Went disappeared. Went, disappeared. Went vomitous. Before they left. Yeah. Before they split. Split, yeah. Uh, in March of... In 1966, Patricia acquired what is um, quoted as a face injury, which may have been inflicted by a fist. So weird or a doorknob or stairs. Yeah, such a weird description. When her Mm -hmm. family asked her what happened, she kind of brushed it off and just said that she was having some problems with the quote horse syndicate people, which is where we get the title for this theory. Mm. The theory goes then that the women who rode at Tricolor all the time had witnessed the bombing or the placement of the bomb or, or so could some one of them or yeah or one of them or could somehow otherwise implicate Silas in the crime and so he was bullying them into not talking but decided that that wasn't quite enough and so he needed to have them murdered mm, makes sense so the thing to keep in mind is the car bomb went off went off in 65 Silas went to trial and I think it was a four-month-long trial, and the trial had ended just the month before they they disappeared. So I think it was the beginning of June yeah. that that he had been re- that he'd been cleared of the case. He mm-hmm. essentially was acquitted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To add to this theory, there are a lot of alsos in this theory. <laughs> to add to this theory, in late '66, Silas claimed to have bodies of three women buried under his house, and police took this claim seriously and planned to dig it up but i don't know what I, happened i have heard about this claim but and i i've actually heard it said that he told police that he had three bodies buried under his house yeah 
Why would anybody do that? Because he was insane. Oh, he was okay. a bragger. He was insane. Yeah. He was legit insane. He also, uh, also, his phone number was found in the purse of at least one of the women. I think it was uh, Patricia, but I can't be certain. I think it was in Patricia's purse, but was it was it? in one of the purses. I have heard this also, but was it his personal phone number or his number at the stable? I think it was his personal phone number. Mm, okay. I think they. It would have been said that it was. The phone the number of the stable. phone number. Yeah, mm. and and then it would have been the idle hour stable, which none of them they were had. They weren't u- boarding weren't their using, horses at or, yeah. or doing anything. Yeah, they're using yeah. tricolor. Also, also, of note, Silas is suspected in the 1955 murders of three young boys known as the Peterson Schusler murders, and he's also implicated implicated in the murders of the Grimes sisters. And then, as we said... The murder of George, his brother. The murder. And then also, there are some other less, quote-unquote, noteworthy Now, when he, when he took out George, finally, how did he get him? I forgot. He was shot in the head while playing cards. Yeah, through a basement window. Oh, yep. an accident then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, uh-huh. and I think, is it the Grimes sisters, the ones who... Or no, that was somebody different who was calling him out and going to report to the authorities his scam on what he did with horses, you know, selling crappy horses as super fancy horses. That was somebody else who also happened to die. Yes, mm-hmm. who happened to disappear mm-hmm. and die. Yes. Yeah. Also, 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 Patricia's boyfriend at the time was an ex-con cowboy who lived in California. and you yeah, know That he, was John Paul Jones, right? Yeah, and he maintains that he was innocent. Uh, by the way, I don't think he was married. I know I said earlier the boyfriends might have been married, but I don't think this guy was. I, I heard that one of them was married, but not, yeah. not necessarily I think that both. Anne's boyfriend might have been married, but Patricia's ex-con California cowboy boyfriend. Yeah, John Jones, I, don't I think, think was. No, I think he was in California. I think but he had a he good alibi. he was kind of a shady character. Well, yeah. I know there's a theory out there that says the reason that these three young women had Silas's phone number was because they were working as, uh, like, call girl date girls for him and that they that he had set up a date or just for them. company yeah something not, like not that not necessarily anything sexual but no 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 but you know like paid date time or whatever uh and then that's why there were three men on that large boat and three young women on that large boat and that you know i don't know something went wrong i guess or mm-hmm. i don't know or they decided to like sell them you know like kidnap yeah. and sell them but uh, yeah, the pro- the thing about the the whole murder thing by by Silas is that uh, he waited a long time, like a whole year between the bombing and the actual disappearance of the women. And also, he'd already been on trial and essentially acquitted, so it's like you know he couldn't be tried again for it anyway. So I I actually the- don't think that he waited all that long though. I mean he. He probably felt like he was going to get away with it. And then he had to go to, you know, he gets arrested and goes through trial. Mm. And I could see this being a situation of cleaning up all the loose ends just in case. But he had already been to trial and acquitted by the time they disappeared, right? He had been to trial. I don't know if he was acquitted. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is too, is there were other witnesses to the guys actually planting the bomb in the car, I heard. Mm -hmm. And these people, their names were published in the papers and Mm -hmm. none of them got killed. True. And there's no evidence that the, any of the three women actually saw anything or knew anything. Well, but, you know, but it could also be... So there's the whole, she was having problems with the, the horse syndicate people. Mm-hmm. And that that bruise could have simply have come from a horse. 
working with animals. Horses and do that kind of horses stuff. Horses yeah, do that kind of stuff. But that but, was the reason. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, but but the re, but what I'm saying here is that if she's having problems with them and somehow Silas is involved in this and she knows, she could have foolishly mouthed off and said, listen, cut it out or I'm going to tell everybody that I know something and I saw you there. I mean, you know, making uns- claims uh-huh. that could have put her in the hot seat and was not a good... Uh, negotiating tactic here's my two things about that first of all the fact that she said somebody punched her when in fact it would have been really easy for her to say a horse hit me means that she probably was trying to tell someone something right to me at least second of all Silas was involved in so many shady things that it doesn't have to be even a little bit connected to the bombing in my mind that they at least one of them could have known something about anything that he had done yeah, you and hang said, out. hey, I'm gonna, we're going to tell. Yeah, you hang out in the stables. You probably hear some scuttlebutt. Yeah. You know? I mean, it wasn't just them talking to George or the, talking to Silas or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, there's all, all kinds of people hanging around. There were other mobsters hanging around there who maybe wanted to, like, you know, pick up on these girls, impress these girls and stuff like that. Yeah. So who knows what they actually heard. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. of course, it's all hearsay also. So yeah. it's like, man, whether it was any danger to Silas, I'm not so sure. So so back to the, the whole date on the boat thing. So you were saying, so I'm assuming, I just want to flesh that out a little bit. You said, you know, and then something went wrong. I'm assuming that means that something went wrong and one of them died. And to cover it up, they, they killed all three and waited that and dropped them to the bottom? To, that seems to be the kind of going theory. Okay. There's a lot of theories that involve that sort of, and then something went wrong and they had to kill all three of them. And yeah. Why I don't know, but yeah, there's always I I, I kind of like the white slavery theory myself. You, that's your favorite theory for literally everything. Oh, I know. We could be talking about matter. when D. did D. monkeys? Cooper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. Actually, in that area, it was an issue. It still is. It still is. I mean, but, it, but at that time, it was, it was still an issue. Slavery is happens, always a thing. It's happening a lot right now. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible, certainly. I, I, I think that's a kind of a weak one in this mm-hmm. particular case, but it is yeah. completely it's... plausible based on the people they were hanging around with. So yeah. I noticed that you don't have on your list any popular killers. Yeah. And I'm surprised. I mean, Silas Jane's a pretty popular killer. Let's be honest here. Uh, known convicted killers. Okay. How about that? Um, okay, so we're not going to debate that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I have two that I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about. If you want to, okay. that's fine with me. So there's one, uh, and I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation of this town, but it's the Ypsilanti Ripper, mm. uh, John Norman Collins, or Chapman. His name is different in places. Yeah. But he's the guy who, between 67 and 69, he killed like seven or eight women. And he started out like once a, once a year, once every eight months, and then suddenly at the very end, it, it escalated and he, he killed a whole bunch of people or women. From but 67 he, to 69? Right. So this would be his kind of his beginning thing. Be starting with three women at once? I know. That's really, yeah. That's <laughs> ambitious. I'm just saying, the bang. he, yeah. he kind of matched the description. He's not too far off of the area, a couple hundred miles away. So yeah, that, that's a jaunt, but you never know with these kind of things. The other one that I saw was Richard Speck. Mm. And if anybody doesn't know who he is, he's the guy that in July, on July 14th of 1966, which is 10 or 12 days prior, 
He killed eight nursing students, eight women in their house. He was on, he said he was on some, dr- you know, he was drunk and he was blackout drunk. And he, but he, he butchered all of them. Mm-hmm. And he obviously would have had the capacity to do that. So they're, they're two ones that are right there in the area. That one? That could have been Early's. Yeah, I guess that's true. That that f- second one, Speck. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm will, more willing to believe him than the other one. Well, and the problem with Speck but, is Speck didn't clean up. Yeah, he didn't clean up, and also, um, why not just? I mean, if you've you've brutally murdered eight women, what's another three? Well, they're warm ups. No, I mean, but not I to mean, sound crass, but, but I mean to not say. Oh, also. Well, he to give he the tried. Closure. He tried to, it, you know, to That's play true. games as all these That's guys who do this kind of well, crap. Do. How did how, did either one of them own a boat? Not that I know of, yeah. but I haven't seen that in there. But they were both. Um, so Speck was in his mid twenties at the time, and John Norman, I think, was. 18 or 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like he could have matched the description. Yeah. That's why I looked at him. I was like, hey, well, check this out. Yeah, the man is described as being in his mid-20s-ish. Hard, it's, you know, mid-20s is hard because it's kind of when you start looking like you're any age. But yeah, I mean, those are two good theories, I guess. Other suspects that are out there that I'm, yeah. I'm amazed. People are always trying to tie people who did bad deeds into so many other cases. Yeah. So I'm amazed that that hasn't, that, happened, that hasn't happened with this one. It so is I decided to be the jerk that would do it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I like yeah. it. I, I could see where he would like decide, hey, you know, I want to start serial killing. And I know I've got this great <laughs> idea. I'm going to go down to this beach with a boat and I'm just going to pick up a girl, take her out in the lake and kill her. And then he discovered, he gets out there and he discovers, hey, no individual woman is kind of willing to climb into my boat alone with me. Duh. You know, and so he winds up with three women in his boat. Okay, well, you know, let's just roll with the punches. You know? And <laughs> yeah. that's what he did. I, yeah. For me, for it to be one person is always pretty incredible to me, particularly since all three of these women were pretty strong swimmers. Don't you think at least one of them would have tried to escape? Um, if you're in a motorized boat and somebody is swimming away, you know what it's very easy to do? Run them over. Yeah. Run them over. There's that. Oh, she got away. Well, I'll finish uh-huh. what I'm doing because we're out in the middle of the lake. That's and true. then I'll just take care of her. True story. Okay, that's fair. The next theory is a little bit of a sensitive topic. This is a popular theory, though. It's a very one. popular theory. Um, but just so you guys know, if anybody needs to take a break for this one feel free or if you got little ones and you don't want them to hear it we're gonna talk it's about aliens it's no oh no wait that's the next one it's uh, about abortions oh. Anne was apparently pregnant three months pregnant sounds like in july i have also heard that patricia was pregnant but i'm not sure where that information comes from i've also heard that all three of them were pregnant but i have no idea where that information comes from i don't think renee was pregnant i think her yeah, she's just the one married one if she's not pregnant huh? she is the one married one night but yeah. i think her family would have known but maybe not Anne had talked about entering a home for unwed mothers um, before her disappearance and now this is 1966 mm-hmm. so that's seven years before roe v wade so abortion is super illegal at the time. Everywhere, no, everywhere. Of, well, not everywhere. It was a, it was legal in some American states, but it was not not not, a, not in where not, they were at. Not in the yeah. Midwest where they were at. No, right. But yeah. And as we know, when something is illegal, we just make it in our bathtubs and get on with life. So that's what they did. <laughs> that's kind of what kidding. happens. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's this 
there was this well-known man named Hank Largo in the Chicago area at that time. And he, along with his wife, Helen, helped women who were in a family way who did not want to be in a family way out by providing... Abortions. Yeah. Um, they operated out of a houseboat, is what it's described as, floating on, you guessed it, Lake Michigan. I've also heard that maybe they operated out of Gary, Indiana, but to be honest, I don't know why you wouldn't just operate at multiple locations or yeah. move your operation a lot. That would seem like the wise thing to do. It's illegal, and people are going to come after you if you... Yeah, eventually yeah. somebody's going to figure it out, and if you move around a lot, you're mm -hmm. safer, yes. Yeah, especially if you're like on a houseboat. Just move that Michigan. boat around, yeah. Well, yeah, if you have actually a good chart, and you know, and you know where the... the, the demarcation between, say, Illinois mm -hmm. and Indiana is, mm -hmm. then when the Illinois State Police and their launches start coming after you, you just like, ha, ah, and just scoot right across the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so Helen and Hank's nephew, Ralph Largo Jr., it sounds like maybe ran a bit of a ferry transport to help young women get to this houseboat and also, you know, make sure that they never knew, I mean, that's what you kind of want. You want somebody to transport people there because you don't you be can... driving a houseboat to the dock. Right. And... But also you can, you, you know, load your women into a smaller craft and you ride around Lake Michigan, drop them off, pick them up again, you know, do whatever you need to do to make sure that they don't know where in the lake they are so that even, nobody um, can go to the police later and say there it was a houseboat and it was here. You could be a total, a totally good cutout too. You know, he shows up and he doesn't say, Hey, you're ready for an abortion. You know, yeah. you, instead you show up and say, Hey, you girls want to go for a ride? Absolutely. Yeah, and and, the, girl, the, and the, the women the, know that the these code. are the code words. Yeah. Exactly. You know? They know so what kind of, but they know that's why they himself. went in. Yeah. yeah. So this would explain a lot, but so the theory goes, before we get a little too far into it, obviously, the theory goes that either just Anne or Anne and Patricia or all three of them were pregnant. They were able to contact Hank and uh, find out, you know, or get this procedure started, wanted friends with them. I'm just going to go on the assumption that Anne was the only one that was pregnant, but she wanted her two good friends with her, probably mm. for safety, but also for emotional support and things like that. Mm. Uh, something goes wrong. It's so botched. So they kill them all. So they kill them all. To yeah. hide it. And, I don't know, throw them overboard or something. Yeah, they just probably kept some weights around for that very purpose. Yeah. yeah. And then they moved the houseboat. Mm -hmm. And the, then uh, never to be wise. Yeah, either. one of the, the problems I have with this theory, I'm not totally discounting it, but they went off into the water wearing bathing suits and then get into the boat and go off for their abortions. And I've never had an abortion, believe it or not. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Is that is is a bathing suit what you want to be wearing like no. right after you've had your abortion? No. No, that, that there there is convalescing is yeah. what you would want to do more so than playing in in the beach running around in your bathing suit. Uh, -huh. uh that would be much more conducive to your uh, your recuperation. Uh -huh. However, on the other hand, if this operation is happening on a houseboat and it's super illegal, you're going to want to try to keep all of the attention away from you as possible. So you're going to go in your bathing suit because it's unsuspicious for you to be swimming around. You may you may even spend the night on this houseboat recuperating. I don't know. They likely have, you know, robes and other clothes on the houseboat for you to be able to help cover yourself up and feel better in. But, I mean, you do what you have to do in situations that are that illegal. I, I will not Certainly, it's that. not the ideal situation, but mm. a back alley illegal abortion on a houseboat isn't the ideal situation either, so... I understand that. And it, the weather was super hot. I think it was like 90-some degrees that day. Mm. 
But I could, I mean, if this guy is going to pick you up, mm-hmm. it, he could just as easily have picked you up at one of the docks that's around the area. And you could, the, whoever was going to have the procedure could have, instead of wandering around a bikini, had a sundress on. Sure. That, mm-hmm. that isn't, you know... Yeah, well, what I'm dancing around here is... It wasn't like that was the is, only access is, point is, to the lake, right? Well, there's that. Yeah. And what else I'm also dancing around is that there's likely to be apparent bleeding after the fact oh, yeah. that is that's going to be thinking, very yeah. noticeable in a, in a swimsuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I have such a problem, and, and I agree with Joe yeah. Yeah. this particular one to no, have been something. I agree that it's definitely not a foolproof theory Mm -hmm. but i also agree that it's not the worst theory out there except with the exception of silas uh, well no with the exception of something went wrong and they killed three women because an abortion was botched i mean um it's it's i mean you know well the thing about it is is that when abortions get screwed up and again i'm not an expert by the way i and this is a this is a a touchy subject and i think we we all understand and agree with that we're not well yeah it's usually it's usually complications after the fact and not it's not like somebody's getting an abortion and they just immediately kick off i mean it's usually it takes a little while so it causes like, bleeding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is an bleeding. operation, so it could yes. be, you know, somebody could bleed out on the table, conceivably. Ooh, I don't know if that's but the right word. More, but, likely, more likely they would die from sepsis much, you know, somewhat later. Sure, but, yeah. I mean, even if in the instance that, you know, somebody bleeds out on the table, you know, for you to turn around and be like, well, I guess manslaughter is my only option here, instead of, you know, saying she knew the risks. She decided to go through with it anyway. Let's figure out if there's a way. I don't know. It's it's just turning straight to manslaughter is like crazy. Uh, I don't I don't think that's he, manslaughter. I mean, if you turn around and you kill the other two to keep it quiet, I think that's more than manslaughter. That's yeah. straight <laughs> yeah. up murder. Murder. But, but I mean, yeah, well, okay. So let's let's look at it from the other side, from your perspective, and just go to the other side of. Whoever was getting the procedure does die, mm-hmm. and the other two, or one of the other two, completely loses her mind uh, and starts to again. This is the same thing. And as they go off talking, on him and they say, "I'm going to rat yeah. you yes, out," and, and then, start yeah. making threats. And this is your livelihood, and you do illegal things. Yeah, that's What's true. One more illegal thing. That's two. True. Okay, two more. <laughs> two more illegal things. That's to true. The heap. Yeah, for me, I guess I just have a hard time. They, because the mm-hmm. uh, here, because here's the thing is the illegal thing they are doing is an illegal thing they are doing to help provide health access to women who need it right they're not like slinging back alley super dangerous drugs they're not out you know thieving and things like that they're trying to provide a medical service that women need mm-hmm. well, so it's, for it's me not quite the way people saw it back in those no days. no it's but, not that's uh... true but what i'm saying is that i'm just trying to put myself in the in the boots of um hank and helen right as the medical providers here it's they're doing an illegal thing for good from their point of view right they're not doing an illegal thing for their own profit for their own benefit maybe well, for a little monetary probably profit but not each, I, they know. are not murderers right they are not common thieves and criminals so for yeah. me to say like hey these doctors who are providing this medical procedure for people What's another murder on top of that? Like, that's a pretty big stretch for me. But at the same time, you know, even though I, I agree these people probably weren't the kind of people to just cold-bloodedly murder people, in a situation like that where these, you know, a woman is like Steve says, flips out, says, ah, you're an incompetent moron. I'm going to take this to the police right now. 
you I could see where you would panic and just like grab a blunt instrument and just hammer them both. Sure. I could totally see that. I, I mean, I, I will admit that. I just am that. taking exception with the yeah. idea of like, what's another murder on yeah, top yeah. of I a, see what like, you're saying, an illegal yeah. medical procedure? And, you know? and I, I would be careful to, to, to when you're doing that, Devin, because you're saying that they have, you know, they, they don't have the scruples to be bad people and just do it because they're in it for the money because they could potentially be that kind of person. They could totally I have been bad people. I, and I, I mean, will admit, I, I, I didn't do a whole lot of reading on these two. Because there's I not a focused, lot of reading to okay, be done. That makes me feel better because I spent a lot of time on Silas. Yeah. So that's, but mm. I think that yeah. we've, I think we've established this one quite I agree. thoroughly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that's the second theory, third, fourth. I don't know if we're yeah. counting your weird serial killer. Yeah. Murderer, so what are we going to, what, what, what about, about the water spout? When are we going to get the water spout? <sighs> Water spout. Well, oh. There wasn't a water spout, but what about the water oh, crib? Oh, the there water was a water crib. crib. Oh, there was a water crib. We can talk about that, I guess. Sure. Well, that's the the water inlets that oh. where they found the the boat parts. Yeah, they did find some boat parts. <laughs> it was a seat and some styrofoam. Yeah, so it could have been stuff that was thrown overboard. It could have been, you know, a boat crash from weeks and ago that was, again the the boat crib was or the the, the crib was uh, like a giant intake for a water supply for what this it's city, a, it's a it's the city of a, gary was it city of gary indiana or I it think was it serves, oh god does it serve chicago i don't remember which city it serves now but it's yeah it's a giant concrete pillar uh-huh. that's got a processing plant in the middle of it it's way out in the the lake yeah yeah and so uh, presumably they put filters and screens so people in boats don't get sucked into it mm-hmm. I, i'm assuming and um, they also set a bunch of divers down around it yeah yeah because divers searched all around that thing because they presumed that on this fun boat ride they smashed headlong into it and they yeah. all sunk and that's why it yeah i mean there was no boat that was reported missing or or crashed or anything like that. But I don't I don't put a lot of stock in no, that. No, I mean there was there was there was no boat found there. Yeah. So yeah, I have a couple other theories. I know that Steve, do you have another one? Theory? I don't. Okay, well, I guess our final theory is aliens or staged aliens. or something. Uh huh. One of Patty's friends did mention Patricia. One of Patricia's friends did mention that she told them that she was planning to stage her own disappearance Mm -hmm. which i don't know maybe i guess 55 dollars is a lot to leave behind in checks yeah Yeah. police report that renee's marriage may have been in trouble because she they found a letter in her purse yeah they'd been married 15 months and she had written a letter that said that he spent too much time working on hot rod cars with his friends and she wanted to end it but Mm. Her husband says that he didn't know of any issues because he was too busy working on hot rod so cars. He's a typical dude. He yeah. has no idea. He had no idea. And But the family agreed, and um, people pretty much assumed that she just had this note because she had it mm. and had written it when she was angry one night and then just n- didn't ever plan on giving That's it to him. That's not unheard of. No, another, I do it. Another possibility is that uh, whoever was pregnant, was it It was Anne that was to- that was certifiably pregnant or was Certified, it Patricia? Yeah, no, Anne. Anne. Yeah, it was Anne. Okay, yeah. Maybe her boyfriend decided to off her. Yeah. Although, again, I don't really understand you know, offing all three of them versus just her. Yeah. I don't quite get that. Yeah, I don't either. Um, yeah. It is so, very brazen to go after all three at once. Especially yeah. in broad daylight on a public beach. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reason people mentioned that they might have been married is like, well, maybe one of the wives came after them and or why the boyfriends were married. I don't know. I don't think I think the Silas Jane or the abortion theories are the best ones. But well, the, 
the the convenience the the thing that helps with the story when you think about when you see these this stuff about well it was the one of the wives or it was somebody else that that killed all three of them when they were in the area is the fact that the dunes in that area are constantly shifting. Oh, yeah. And so it is entirely possible that somebody could have buried them at the base of a dune, mm-hmm. and those are living dunes, meaning they're moving all sure. the time. Mm-hmm. And they could have been buried, you know, just a couple feet down, and the dune does all of the hard work and covers all of the evidence for Which you. Which means they might come popping out here one of these days. They might, yeah. yeah. They might. Well, there is, a, people do think that there's probably some additional evidence that got buried in the dunes at some point, mm-hmm. but they I don't think people really think that their bodies are built. I mean, it's possible, but... I don't know. You also see the stuff about, so there's at Mount Baldy, which is right near there, there's the stuff about the holes. You guys saw those articles, didn't yeah. you? Because mm-hmm. it's a moving dune. It's it's swallowed up entire trees, which have then rotted out, and the sand is just kind of barely held together in a column, an open-air column. Uh-huh. And a boy fell in a couple of years ago, but oh. people yeah. was like, well, maybe yeah. they all got swallowed. That's a mighty huge coincidence. That is a yeah. very huge yeah. tree to have to, to have rotted out and not collapsed. Prior. Or maybe they all three fell in three separate holes. They were walking side by side. Wow, there's a coincidence for you. But yeah, that would have had <laughs> yeah. to have been a new and, and by the way, just FYI, uh, as far as I know in that area, there were never any trees anywhere near big enough to swallow three women. No. Yeah. No, they're, the, and, the holes are like 12, 15 yeah. inches in diameter. I, I, have, I have heard that phenomenon even occurs around here now. Yeah, yeah, it does it, at like, our dunes. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. does. So be careful yeah. out there. I wear a rope, a long, long rope. Yeah. Have your friends holding the other end. Yeah. yeah. That'll save you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> they, well, what they do is they do is they tie it to the back of their, their four-wheel drive. I knew he was going to do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they pull you your body out. have any more theories? Anybody? I don't. Uh, well, do you think. have favorite theories? I, I kind of like the theory that uh, it was a Chinese submarine. <laughs> and, yeah, they were defecting to China. Uh-huh. And, yeah. In Lake Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That could have been that. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Other than that, no, really. I, I, I actually think my favorite theory is that it probably was, they were probably a random murder, maybe a serial killer type of guy. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see that Silas had any particular motivation. Of course, again, Silas is he everybody's may favorite. Maybe a motivation we didn't know about. Well, oh, yeah, totally for sure. But I mean, Silas is everybody's favorite for this whole thing. But if you look at Silas's typical murder MO, uh, this is pretty out there. This is pretty different for Silas to do it this particular way. I mean, Silas is more the kind of guy to either, you know, plant a bomb in your car or just to have his guys take you out somewhere in a field and put a bullet in your brain. Well, he, so the two other murders, the big ones that he was implicated in, the one of the the three younger boys and then the Grimes sisters, those were bodies that were murdered and then dropped in ditches by the side of the road. Right. So this wouldn't be so far different from that necessarily i mean you kill three people and then drop them in the lake instead and i think that's one of the reasons that people really think that he looks good for this because there was at least a tenuous connection between them and him you can you can say they they may have met and he i mean he was a rapist yeah you hate to say it but he was a rapist kind of a little lie and um you know it's possible that he had just seen them and thought oh hey i know well, I'll tell you, you this. Know, I'll bring them on my boat, I'll rape them, and I'll murder them, and I'll just have a convenient dropping place. That could have been it. And maybe he and his buddies were going to have just a whole rape fest have or something. Have a good but, old time out But, you boat. know, 
and and this is another possibility and um, but i don't know this might be just a little too subtle and clever for silas i think that's a, but, yeah, yeah i think yeah. we're getting to cleverville well, which no, he... but but let me point this out uh, there's actually only one pair of witnesses who saw the girls there reliable witnesses mm-hmm. that was the couple the married couple who supposedly were next to them but if you really wanted to be clever about disappearing these three what you do is you know you just have some people say you, you, you kidnap them you take some of their effects you have some of your accomplices go down to the beach and say hey you know they were right next to us they went off and they got in a boat with a guy that had a mop of curly coal black hair yeah and, what we're getting into now forward. joe is that part that makes our listeners uncomfortable and think that maybe you are actually a serial killer <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> but what i'm saying is that we don't actually even know that they were at that park that's, I mean, we don't really, honestly, I mean, technically we don't really true. Know that. Yeah. Technically, that's true. Yeah. I think they probably were, but they probably, well, we know no, they were I there think there because the car was there. I, well, no. Cars somebody could have. Cars okay, can be moved. Cars can be yeah. moved, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'm saying is that we don't actually know that they disappeared. From I the think park. they were. They probably I, were, but I wouldn't, I, I'm not 100% sure of it myself. So I think I, Silas is my favorite theory for yeah. how, you know, there are myriad of different reasons that he could have done it or how he could have done it or whatever, but I think he did it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced of anything. I, I do not believe that they voluntarily took off on their own, yeah. but after that, I just, I'm not willing to throw my hat onto any one of these. Yeah. By sure. voluntarily, you mean they, they, they disappeared themselves. Yes. Yeah. I think they did voluntarily climb into that boat. And oh yeah. I'm say, no, yeah. what I'm saying is they didn't voluntarily yeah. just go start new lives. Oh yeah. yeah no, no, that's kind of rare. Okay. Well, um, all of that having been said, um, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Don't forget to check out our sponsors on our website. Uh, that website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can download and listen to us pretty much anywhere. You probably know how to do that because you're listening to us right now. But you yeah, know, duh, just in case, yeah. you can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Stitcher. Just about anywhere. All of those things. If you can subscribe, do so. If you want to leave a rating and a comment, please that do be, so. Especially five-star ratings. We like those better. Uh, you can find us on social media. You can um, join the Facebook group and like the page. You can find us on Twitter where we are thinking sideways. We've got a subreddit called Thinking Sideways. There's a theme here. I know you can tell. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can contact us uh, via email, thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. That is the best way to contact us. Please don't tweet at me and say, hey, let's talk about something because 140 characters isn't going to cut it. Let's mm. send an email. You can support the show by buying merchandise. Off of our, what's it, Red Redbubble and Zazzle? Yeah, you can get shirts, mugs, stickers, uh, all a bunch stuff. of stuff on Zazzle and Redbubble. Those links are on the right-hand panel Somebody of the sent website. us a picture the other day of them using their coffee mug. I saw that. It looked very, it looked very muggy. Yes. It was like, and it, was, it looked like it was actually working. It, was, yes. it looked like it had coffee in it. The coffee was actually staying inside the it was, mug. It was great. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for us i yeah i'm gonna cruise on out of here oh uh once again i got nothing vamanos to lou